Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What a weekend in the uh, world of college football. We don't always get that week one, but uh, exciting. You know, the coaches of the week, I got to go Mike Norvell, Mike Elko, Coach Prime. There were some others. I thought Hugh Freeze's Auburn Tigers, they didn't play a Power 5 team, but there's something about Freeze walking in the door and they're ready to go in five minutes. And that just goes to show you that... uh, Whatever you think about him is fine, but uh, he is one hell of a football coach. And uh, he's going to let the SEC know about it at some point. But uh, And their, their schedule is pretty favorable for a West schedule, right? I mean, they pull Vandy, and that's rare for the Auburn Tigers. Ole Miss is the only team that gets to play uh, Vandy every year, uh, 40 straight years, but 30 straight, 30 plus straight in the SEC West. And Auburn pulls the Vanderbilt Commodores this year. We are the Out of Bounds Show. We welcome in Tom Luganville. Our SEC Insider Hit is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Tom Luganville, you had one heck of a ball game last night that I think shocked the world of college football. Well, there's no doubt about that. You know, it was uh, one of what looked like many shocking moments over the college football weekend of week one. And, uh, you know, it, it was interesting because heading into that game and spending some time with Mike Elko and his staff, like you came away kind of believing it. Like he, he, they weren't arrogant or cocky in any way, shape or form, but they just felt like they belonged. And they kind of liked all of the talk about, Clemson and Clemson and Clemson while they just kind of hung out over here with this big time quarterback that nobody really knows who he is. They're a really old and mature football team with a ton of experience. And I just think they thought they could hang like Mike Elko told us, he goes, listen, we get into the second half and this is a one possession game. And he goes, our, our, our confidence is going to skyrocket. And I'll be damned if that's not exactly what happened. Well, it did. And what about Clemson inside the 10 three times and no points, Luke? I know. Their first three drives of the third quarter, they go to the one, the four, and the seven-yard line. Um, two turnovers and a missed field goal. And um, listen, and I said it on the broadcast last night, most games are lost. They are not won. And I don't want to take away anything away from Duke. But at the end of the day, 
Duke had that spectacular run from the quarterback, Riley Leonard. But aside from that, all they did was not screw it up. They just they made fewer errors while Clemson kept compounding error after error after error, which was so uncharacteristic of them as a football team and really as a football program. So it was, yeah, it was a, it was a bit alarming to see what was taking place. I know we're going to get into week two pretty quick because of the big matchups. We're visiting with Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He called the game last night. He referenced, I thought it was a, it was a really good back and forth before the game with Elko and Lugs and how calm Elko was. And just that's not usually what you see. You're talking about a team that gets out recruited by 50 plus spots, um, you know, by Clemson. And yet, as Tom said, uh, they did what they needed to do. And, and Tom, when you're out recruited, when, when the talent gap is that wide, even in the first half, when Duke muffed the punt, I thought, because I've seen this a lot with Mississippi State and Ole Miss over the years, they play their tails off against a team in the SEC that's better than them, but you literally can't make one mistake. And Correct. when Duke muffed that punt, I thought, well, they won't be able to overcome that because usually when the talent gap is that wide, you can't, Tom. There's no question. And, um, you know, that was why Duke went 9-4 and four last year. You know, they were plus 16 in turnover margin, second highest number in the entire country. All right? When they're, anytime they converted over 40% of their third downs, they went 8-1. and one. So, like, they did all the little things right. And in the first half, they, they had some self-inflicted wounds, and Clemson did too, right? Clemson uh, didn't let them off the hook. Uh, when when Duke made a mistake, Clemson would then go and and make one. But I'll say this about uh, and this is why this still counts for something. We don't see it very often anymore because of you know how quickly guys are in and out of a program or how quickly guys move on to the NFL. That Duke team, if you run down there too deep, I would say seventy five percent of their starters in their two deep, maybe not into their three deep are either a redshirt junior, a redshirt senior, or a graduate uh, wow. transfer. So, like, their entire front – their front forward last night that started, two fifth-year seniors and two six-year graduates. So, like, age, maturity, experience, having played a lot of football, it means something, man. And those kids, when things didn't quite go their way, nobody folded. Right. Nobody panicked. They just kept hanging in there and chipping away and chipping away. And and I'll and I'll say I'll I'll say this, man, and I and I said it on the broadcast last night too. The thing that was most eye popping to me is that when I watched Duke on defense, they were faster than Clemson on offense. There was not a speed discrepancy. How does Clemson that happen not, with the way Clemson recruits, Tom? I I I don't I don't know. And and I we talked about it on the broadcast last night. Real uh, Clemson was having a real problem separating. They were having a real problem getting guys open, and um, and then and that leads me into my my next bit of analysis. I think they got a problem at quarterback. I I was not, and I don't want to speak for the rest of our broadcast members, but we were all talking about it post game. I was not impressed with Kate Lubnick. And I didn't think Dabo trusted him. I thought they were very hesitant with him. Thought he missed a lot of throws. Um, just wasn't accurate throughout the night. They couldn't get the ball downfield. 
Um, neither team could for that matter. But, you know, there's been a lot on that kid's shoulders in terms of anticipation and expectation. And I didn't see them look any different than they looked last year. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I used before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot and believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Z-Biotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Tom Luganbill called the game last night between Duke and Clemson. Duke with the big win. And uh, I agree with you, Tom. I don't know where Duke found that speed. But uh, that was imp- – and, and they're never – they never have that much speed in the secondary. I mean, you're right. That D-line, that veteran D-line was very disruptive. But where in the world did they get those guys that could run in the secondary? Well, they're not very big, and I think that's a part of it. They've kind of traded size for speed. It's weird because their body types positionally are, are, are the opposite of what they should be. They have like a six four corner and a six foot and six one corner, and their two safeties are five ten. Um, but those two safeties can cover down, and they and, and, and they play big, meaning that they may be five ten, but they play like they're six two two ten. They're tough. And, and they're rugged and they'll tackle you. But um, they were just – they were flying around, man. They were confident. It was almost like they knew they belonged there. That was the feeling in the stadium. Nobody was overwhelmed. Nobody – I didn't feel like Duke came out of the tunnel wondering if they could win the game. I think they kind of thought that they might. It was, <laughs> it was just a weird feeling. All right. Yeah. It's week one, and, and we love to overreact every week in the uh, oh, in the Sun Belt and in, the, um, in this area. But – it, it, is it time to – is it DEFCON 1 for for LSU and Clemson or pump the brakes or where are you today? Um, it's DEFCON – I think it's DEFCON 2 probably for both programs and for one reason that was really alarming to me for both programs. When the game got into the fourth quarter, in particularly the last two series – Duke pushed around Clemson, and Florida State pushed around LSU. True. I, I thought LSU said, all right, I'm done, and waved the white flag. I mean, it was I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Florida State physically whipped LSU. And, and it, it, was, it was really something to see. And to see LSU and really Clemson the last two to three series uh, on defense literally got pushed around. I mean, it was, you know, the clock rule that I mentioned last night, you know, the the new clock rules where the benefit really comes into play 
is if you're ahead in the fourth quarter or late in the fourth quarter and you have the capability of running the football, it's going to be really hard for the team that's down to get back into the game because the clock's not stopping on first down. So you're just rolling and rolling and rolling, and Clemson was just letting them do it. And it was it was just mind-boggling to see. So I, I think there's, there's reason for alarm. But I also – I say that, and I also – firmly believe that we could say the exact same thing about an overreaction to North Carolina and South Carolina. Again, is North Carolina going to go out every week and have nine sacks? No. All right. Have they improved on defense? Yes, but maybe was a bit of that because it looked like South Carolina was somewhat inept on offense. They're OCs. You can't say this, yeah. I know, but they're OCs. Not any good. Uh, Shane made a bad hire, but, but so, um, all right, Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, Tom, um, uh, I don't know how much of Arizona you've watched because you bounce around the country, but I do have a Power 5 matchup in state. So if, I think Jaden Delora can, can flat out play. He's played for a long time. Mississippi yeah. State is hosting Arizona this weekend. Uh, somebody described him to me as Johnny Manziel Light. We got to watch him last year. He gave Mississippi State some problems, although Mississippi State pulled away. It was a sloppy game late, late, late at night in Tucson. They'll be in Starkville this uh, Saturday. Tell me what you see when you've uh, when you've watched Jaden Delora play Arizona's QB. That that's uh, a really good assessment you made of him because uh, if he's not very big, like if he walks out of the tunnel, you're going to look at him going, "Hmm, that's interesting," because he's, he's not only is he on the shorter side, but he's on the thinner side, too. So he kind of has that Bryce Young feel to him. Um, but he's scrappy, and he's competitive, and he finds ways to make plays. Now, I don't think they're anywhere near, especially on the road in that environment, um, that's going to be a difficult environment. That'll be something different than they experience in the Pac-12, you know, outside of going to Washington or going you know, to Oregon. Uh, maybe to Utah, but it still isn't Starkville, not not with the Cowbells. But um, they lost their best receiver in Dorian Singer to USC. And so um, Satoria McMillan is their, their big outside guy that they really rely upon. I just don't know what I would make of their roster as a whole. They exceeded expectations in terms of win-losses last year, gave SC all they could handle, probably should have won the game against SC, that they played in Tucson last year, but I'm going to be interested to see how they handle the environment. I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's um, as, as a road team with an experienced quarterback, you've got to consider that if you're the Arizona, you got to, you got to feel like you're going to be able to handle that properly. Tom Luganbill on the out of bounds show, Jaden Delora coming in to start will Arizona's quarterbacks played a ton of football and uh, he's a playmaker. Cause as Luke said, he doesn't have a lot around him. And what he did have, one of the guys transferred to, uh, did you say Southern Cal, Tom? Yeah, yeah, Southern Cal. Okay. All right. Um, let's go Texas, Alabama. Uh, what What does Sark have to do to find the magic? I think Alabama's got a lot of question marks. Uh, Texas does too. But uh, what does Texas have to do to make this a game with a few minutes left to go in the fourth quarter Saturday night? they got they, they got to be able to effectively run the football. Texas cannot become one-dimensional because they're they they're unable to run the ball. They 
here and, and the reason why I say that is I think they need to limit Alabama's possessions. Because say what you want about Jalen Milrow, he is a nightmare on the ground. I mean, he is a handful, and he is big, physical, explosive, and that's something that Alabama defensively, they don't have to prepare for that element when they're taking on Texas. Alabama's playing 11 on 10. Quinn Ewers isn't hurting you with his legs. He's not, he's not involved in the design run game. So they've got to, I think, I think that Texas has got to avoid becoming one-dimensional. And, um, and their running backs are new. They're fresh. Cedric Baxter is going to be a really exciting freshman to watch. He got in the mix last week uh, in, in their win over Rice. Um, I know it was Middle Tennessee State, but Alabama didn't play like it was Middle Tennessee State. And I know it was Rice, and Texas played like it was Rice. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and I think that's the best way I can frame it up. And, and, and I don't, I'm, that's not to say that they won't be amped up and ready to go. They will be. Sure. But this is, this is a massive, massive, monumental hurdle for Steve Sarkeesian as a head coach. It is. And for this Texas program, this is what they haven't been able to do since Mac Brown departed. They, they, outside of the Sugar Bowl and beating Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. This is the game that everybody's been waiting for them to pull off so that they can get the, get the monkey off their back and just go forward and not have to worry about being judged with how they play in big games. It's, it's not too dissimilar to what we used to talk about with Jim Harbaugh, what, three short years ago. They were terrible against teams that were in the top ten, below average against teams that were uh, in the top 25, couldn't beat Ohio State. And the moment that changed, their program changed. And it only takes one time. So all the pressure's on Texas. Yeah. Okay. Tom Luganbill on the Out of Bounds Show. Week one was fantastic. Week two, here we go. We think we've got better matchups and more Power 5 matchups, so it could be really exciting. Tom, Bobby Petrino uh, in A&M against Lance Guidry and Miami. For our listeners, Guidry is a dude. He was a uh, heck of a DC at Marshall. He spent about 10 minutes at Tulane. Uh, Mario was smart enough to tap him as their defensive coordinator. Petrino is, they look totally different. And so we could have a heck of a game. Who do you like and why this weekend between A&M and Miami? Well, it's interesting. I think this is an extremely difficult one to handicap because Miami looked really good. You know, I Neither Texas A&M or Miami played to the level of their opponent. And I thought Connor Wigman was really, really good. They pushed the ball downfield. They looked organized. They looked like they'd gotten a little creative. Um, There was clearly order within the offense. They were confident. They were decisive. You know, every adjective that I could use, they were lacking, right, over the last two to three years on offense. They did not – I know it was New Mexico. Okay, well, we had a ton of Power 5, Group of 5, in Power 5 FCS games, and a lot of them were blowouts, okay? But not all of them were. The ones that were were because the team played well when they should have. And I watched Tyler Van Dyke. I thought he looked really good. I think they got back back to the offensive game plan that suits him. Mario Cristobal, I think, not just because he brought in Shannon Dawson, but they sat down and said, okay, Tyler, what do you want to do? What are you most comfortable with? What do you want to stay away from? And I think that's going fast, being decisive, that's exactly what Rhett Lashley did when he had with them. I really, this one to me is a toss-up. I, I really think it is. Do I think Miami is the better team? 
Maybe not. Maybe not. But, again, they, they can rush the passer. Got 10 starters back on defense. Um, I definitely think Texas A&M has better offensive skill personnel in terms of more weapons than Miami has. Uh, and I'm saying that based off of what I saw Miami have last year and what I know they have coming back, uh, and conversely with Texas A&M as well. So that may be the edge if it turns into the track meet. Does A&M have better playmakers? Okay. Hugh, I know it was UMass, but Hugh Freeze has the ability wherever he goes to make his team look good from the jump. And there is some, even some good coach, like Mike Norvell, took him a little while at Florida State. Yep. I mean, okay, no problem. Now he's riding high, more power to him. They look great. Um, you're, I mean, without getting bogged down in it, I know it was UMass, but they just looked sharp. They looked well coached on offense and defense. And you got to tip your cap to Hugh Freeze, Luke's. They they looked prepared in the same manner that Colorado did. Yes. And um, and I'll tell you what, and I love it. I think I said it on your show last week. I said Robbie Ashford will have a role here. Yes. And when they bring in that package, it could be short yardage, it could be goal line, it could be between the fifty and the plus forty, where you have a fourth and three, and you're like, we're not punting. Like that thing makes them even more dangerous. I thought Peyton Thorne was very efficient. Um, and, and then to be able to have that package, that kind of changes things, uh, man, I, to me, like that's, it kind of reminds me of like the 06, 07 Arkansas Razorback really first saw, you know, we first saw the, the true wildcat and you had Felix Jones and Darren McFadden. And when things got tighter, they had short yardage or they had fourth down or they had a goal line. They immediately went to it. And so I think it's a great wrinkle. Uh, I know it was UMass, like you said. But, again, I think you if you're a coaching staff and you're a fan base, and you go out and you play against a team that you're supposed to drub and you do, then you got to feel good about that. All right. Probably the last one. Uh, speak, all right. So Auburn, Bama, Ole Miss, Arkansas, among other teams that are swimming the SEC West have a guy or guys that are dual threat. Um, Mississippi State has not had that the last three years. Mike Wright ripped off a couple runs on Saturday, and this is something that they have not had. He had nothing around him at Vanderbilt and and beat Florida and Kentucky. Uh, Tom, I was at the game. He's faster than I thought. The kid's got some skills. Well, he's a lot like Robbie Ashford, right? I mean, who's to say they can't do some of the same things when they want to? Um, and bring in a, a, a nice package that gives them uh, – here, here's the thing when you have this, is you are putting so much strain on time and practice and period within your practice for almost two offenses. And one of them has option principles. And that's, a, that's problematic. That's hard to prepare for. It's a lot. And so I just think if you have it, you've got to utilize it. We'll leave it there. Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. Where, where are you this weekend? Aha, I can't believe you uh, didn't touch on it. I've got Ole Miss at Tulane. How about that one? All right, we got we got a minute and a half here. So yeah. I, I expect, I think, well, you can't go into it like that. All right, just, just yeah. Tulane lost their defensive coordinator, but they, they've done a heck of a job. Last year was an yeah. amazing season. Ole Miss is more talented. Give me kind of what you can say since you're calling it. 
Yeah, so um, number one, the two quarterbacks, two of the most efficient performances in week one of all of college football. Nobody's talking about it. I think there were either two or three incompletions between the both of them, Michael Pratt and Jackson Dart. So, I mean, you got to be impressed with that. Uh, Tulane beat a much better football team. Obviously, South Alabama won two games uh, or uh, won 11 games last year. You're right. Ole Miss has more talent, but that Tulane team plays above their talent. And the quarterback's a dude. Um, defensively, they had some losses at the linebacker spot, but they're still going to be deeper than people think they are. And not only did they lose their offensive coordinator, Willie Fritz had to replace his offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and special teams coordinator mm-hmm. coming into this season. Yeah, so Pratt, I mean, that guy, he's been playing a long time, kind of like Jaden Delora. Um, 75 100 total yards, 72 TDs. He's been around a while. I don't know if he can give Ole Miss's defense some problems, but he may can. He can throw it and he can run it. And then, you know, do they have the weapons to be able to pull it off? They're, they're a football team that's pretty diverse in their approach. Um, and, and they'll run it, they'll throw it, they're multiple, but he can run it too. So uh, he, if you haven't seen him, it's kind of like Riley Leonard last night when I came on in our open. You know, if you haven't seen Riley Leonard, you're going to like him. Yeah. And, uh, and he's going to be a darn good player, and I think Michael Pratt's very similar. Thanks, Tom Luganville. Be good, buddy. All right, buddy. See you. He's got, he's got Ole Miss at Tulane this weekend. Michael Pratt, 7,500 yards. Right around the same number as uh, Jaden Delora for Arizona. Both guys have played a lot of football. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. The Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, is brought to you by Southern Ag Credit. Financing life outside the city limits from livestock to agribusiness and land loans. Southern Ag Credit in Ridgeland has the experience and expertise to make your dream of owning land a reality. Back in a second. 